Hello, and welcome to Let's Get Vocal with Rena. I'm your host, Rena Cook, and I am a voice and speech geek. I am obsessed with all things voice. As a voice and presentation coach, my passion is empowering others to use their voices in more compelling and authentic ways. On this podcast, I visit with professionals who have powerful messages about speaking truth, using the voice to change hearts and minds. I also love witty, intelligent banter and always enjoy talking to others who are passionate about helping people and making this world a better place and having a great time doing so. Thanks for tuning in. All right. Hey, everyone. I am so thrilled to introduce my guest today. Before I introduce this amazing woman, let me tell you a little bit about the topic of discussion today. This episode is for all creatives who are trying to build a career in their art form. This is for actors singers, dancers, writers, artists, anyone who operates out of the right side of their brain and is trying to create a a sustainable and fulfilling career. And I have a woman today who's an expert on this. This woman is very near and dear to me, a woman of many talents, and I don't throw that phrase around easily or lightly. She really is a remarkable young woman and has been an inspiration to me for probably over a decade. I'm thrilled to introduce Victoria Hines to my listeners, and I'm going to let Victoria tell tell you about herself. Hello, Victoria. It's so great to see you. So good to see you. Oh, you're going to make me cry with that intro. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm tearing up already. <laughs> it's too early in the episode for us both to be crying. It really is. I, I don't have Kleenexes nearby either, so. I don't either. <laughs> So tell our listeners something about you, what you want them to know about you. Absolutely. So I think, I mean, if we are to drill this down to labels, um, I think the labels that you might want to know about me and my story is I moved to Chicago to be an actor and I worked as an actor for quite a few years as an arts administrator as well as a fundraiser, mostly in the theater and film industries. And I hit burnout. I hit complete burnout in my career and sort of hit this moment where I knew deep down in my gut that I needed to pivot into something new. And that pivot through a very long journey led to creative career coaching for me. So what I feel called and inspired to do and what I love to do is I love helping creatives, whether you're an artist, actor, performer, writer, you name it. I love helping creatives when they're feeling stuck overwhelmed in their careers. They don't know what to do next. I help them figure out, okay, do we need to level up? Do we need to take some big, scary action? Or do we pivot? And do we find what's next for you? So that is me in a nutshell and what I'm doing now. Oh, I am so excited. And it is such a needed thing that nobody really knows about. Outside of the artistic community, people don't understand how hard life is for a creative doing a freelance life, finding your next gig. Absolutely. It's very hard. 
Now, before we explore what it is you're doing now, I want to digress just a moment. I love how we met stories, and I want you to share your impression of how we met. Ooh, okay. Yes. I think, I think the first time we met was, ooh, and I'm, I might misplace this, but it was at, I was auditioning for colleges. So I think it was the junior, it was my junior year of high school. I know mm-hmm. I was in the auditioning for colleges phase. You were a professor at the University of Oklahoma. And it was either on campus or it was at another event where I ended up meeting you because my high school theater teacher had previously gone to OU. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yes, I had forgotten that detail. So I think I think that's where uh-huh. and I vividly I vividly remember also the on-campus audition process. You would teach a mm-hmm. warm-up session. Mm-hmm. So I think that yes. was the first time we I think that might have been the first time we worked together. Mm-hmm. Was in yes. that classroom. And what I remember first about you is your remarkable presence, the sparkle in your eye, how how totally, well, how totally present you were in everything that you did. And, and over the four years that you were at OU, I have to share how invaluable you were to me. I recognized early on how competent you are in so many areas. And uh, I pulled you in, If you, I know you remember <laughs> this because it's a huge thing. I pulled you in to be my assistant conference planner. So Rena volunteers to head an international voice conference <laughs> in London, not even in the United States, in London. And it's like, oh, I have some great big ideas, but I don't know how to make all the little ideas fall together and work. It's a puzzle. So I'd better bring on Victoria Hines, who knows how to do this. And you would come into my office on our assigned, you know, appointed time to talk Mm -hmm. about conference and you'd open your little notebook (laughs) and you had all the things that we'd talked about and you'd add all the things that we were going to talk about and then you'd check off when they were done and I felt like I was in such good hands. And then we get over to London for the actual conference and half of who we thought was going to be there to help us run this thing wasn't there. Ooh. And Vic, do you remember that? I don't remember that part <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. And so it was like, uh, okay, Victoria, I can't do this. Run this conference. <laughs> <laughs> and so you just kind of made it all happen. And and then, of course, we had that wonderful time where we explored London together mm-hmm. um, after the conference. It was a great, great time. And I have such fond memories and how amazing you were. And then to see that you have now ended up in this kind of profession where you're using all of those skills, um, those left brain skills of organizing and strategizing and figuring out how things work and now sharing them with other creatives who need you. I think that's just so wonderful. So talk a little bit more about your coaching business, um, how long you've been doing it, how you structure it. What does a day look like for you? And what do you do for the people that you work with? That's a lot of stuff. That's so a take lot it of stuff. Um, but I will pull back the curtain, so to speak. So I actually, my business is about a year old. So it is, it was a pandemic baby, essentially. <laughs> I... 
I knew prior to the pandemic that I was wanting to pivot in my career. I had inklings or hunches that entrepreneurship was a direction I wanted to go, but I was terrified. So most of the plans I was making for myself were, okay, five years from now, I'll try this thing. I'm going to take a safe route and I'm going to just push this dream down the road because I don't know how to do that. And sort of the pandemic sort of pulled all of these options away from me. And I suddenly felt like I was at rock bottom and I was like, I need to pivot. I need to pivot now. I can't wait anymore. I need to figure out what I want to do next. And I need to feel like I'm building towards something new and not just wasting time essentially. Mm -hmm. And I ended up finding my own coach and she's an entrepreneur herself, came from the music world and through that program and a lot of messy action, which was really hard for me because I'm a perfectionist, I sort of stumbled into coaching. I didn't know it was the direction I was going, but through, I was beta testing some other ideas and realized this was what I was naturally doing during these beta tests. And that was the piece, that was the thing that was re-energizing me. So despite Hmm. spending time, despite spending energy, I would walk away feeling more energized from calls and coaching Mm -hmm. calls than I had felt Mm -hmm. beforehand. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. That feeling of knowing you're doing what you were put on this earth to do. It's, It's so bizarre. And I never... I'm such a, I'm such a brain person. I'm such a thinker. So most like my gut instinct is to go back to my brain and think it out and problem solve it and strategize it. And there is something about careers and knowing you're on the right path that doesn't come from your brain. You really, it has to come from your body. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I noticed when you were at OU that your fellow students came to you a lot for for advice. Mm-hmm. Was that kind of the seeds of knowing that you could actually help people? Did it start maybe there? No, I think it didn't start there. I think it took part of the process of this program I was in was going back to people who knew me and asking them what I was naturally good at, which is Mm. the number one thing we all take for granted because it feels too easy. It feels, it doesn't feel like a challenge. And so I think part, like most of us are programmed to sort of ignore that. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, the advice, the consultation, being able to help people strategize through problems or issues, that was a lot of the feedback I was getting. And I think it's something since I was a kid, I've been doing. And, and and I noticed about you that while all of the rest of our world was going crazy, you know, our fellow actors can be pretty dramatic and pretty emotional. <laughs> and when the sky is falling, oh my God, it's really falling. And you were always just calm and you would just smile and you saw a way through the confusion in a way that most of your peers did not. And I'm guessing that you're using that innate ability in this current job that you're doing. Oh, absolutely. It's, I, I sort of pinpointed this and this was like, it took me a long time to figure out this was sort of a natural ability I had of, I sort of see the threads everywhere of how people are Mm -hmm. interconnected. I think this is what drew me to acting in the first place is the relationships and the story and why something triggers something else and almost the psychology behind people. 
But I can also, I realize like that's my superpower as I can see that in the real world mm-hmm. too, whether mm-hmm. that is humans, relationships, whether that's life or whether that's business. Oh, that's wonderful. So, so talk to me about what a day looks mm. like for you. Yeah. Yes. When you don't have a job to go to at eight and come home at five, <laughs> what do you do during the day as you work your business? Sure. So I will be perfectly upfront too. And I think this is something that it's important to know. I still have a part-time day job. So I still have something that I is helping me pay the bills while I grow this business. And I think that's so incredibly important for any entrepreneur or even freelance artist who's wanting to grow a career is finding that neutral or positive job that you can show up to that can help you take the bill or pay the bills to just take some of that pressure off. Mm-hmm. And so I work part-time for a tech company. It's completely remote. The hours are great. Um, I get to essentially, I sort of made my own schedule. So I do that in the mornings. I then take an hour workout break because that is my mental trigger or my moment to Mm -hmm. sort of reset and recalibrate where my brain's at. And then I hop into coaching work. So that tends to be the typical schedule. Not every day stays Mm -hmm. the same though, by any means. So how how much... Well, I'm going to back up. This question comes from me being a freelancer now and the things that I hate to do Mm. about freelancing. When you're an entrepreneur, you are everything. And so it's maintaining database, it's confirming, it's following up, it's writing proposals, it's checking on people who said no months ago who might now be interested and it's time to check back. All of those things are hard for me. I'm guessing you probably do them a bit easier than I do. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. So maybe some of those things come a little bit easier to me, but there are still other things that I, I find incredibly difficult. Like as much as I enjoy connecting with people over social media and having conversations, there are pieces of marketing that even though I'm good at them, quote unquote, I I hate doing them. I honestly do. (laughs) And it's sort of, it's just a never ending ongoing balance. I think the best piece of advice, and I'm still, still trying to learn how to implement this is when you, when you are in charge of everything, it's so vitally important to start setting those priorities and not everything is going to get done. It just mm. isn't. And That's so great advice. Yeah. Knowing at the end of the day, what season you're in, what the priority is and what what you can just let go of and let go of the perfectionism, let go of the need to be doing everything right. And just know, I mean, I had a week not too long ago where I, I didn't make a good judgment call. I was sort of on vacation, sort of not, I didn't take enough time off. And I just finally said, you know what, I'm going to show up for my clients this week. That's the priority. Everything else sweeping it under the rug. It's, it's going away. Yep. Good. Good for you. Explain to us the Find Your Path program that you've created. Sure. So I, by the time this probably comes out, it's going to be relaunched, but I am in the process of relaunching and repackaging it. So I'll give you the little sneak peek because I'm sure I'm sure this yes, episode please will do. be out when it is. Um, but the Find Your Path program is 
all of, it includes all of the steps, all the activities, all of the things and processes I had to go through, as well as many of my clients to help you figure out what's next in your career. And I very much come from the philosophy of, I'm not going to tell you this is, it's such a self-exploration and the way I can best phrase it is I think all of us have had that well-meaning, lovely person in our life who's been like, oh, you would be good at this thing. You should try this. And on the surface level, they're right. And you can mentally be like, yeah, I would be good at that. But that doesn't mean that it lights your soul up inside. And it doesn't mean that it's the right Mm -hmm. fit for you in this moment. And so the Find Your Path program is really taking you from step one of figuring out what's no longer working, getting you back to who you are, what you want, because especially for creatives, our ambition will usually put career and work on the front burner and everything else about our lives goes on the back burner. And what I've come Mm -hmm. to understand is you can only do that for so long before you're going to fall apart. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's not sustainable. And so that's where this program begins is how do you, how do you move these wants and needs up to the forefront? How do you find that balance? What are you good at? What are you interested in? And then slowly moves you through the process of like, okay, once you figure out the next thing, how do you start pivoting in that direction? Uh, well, what, as you're talking, it reminds me of the artist's way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever knew, did you ever do that or see it? I actually have not. And it's been on my reading list for so <laughs> long now. Um, well, yeah. what you're describing is what the artist's way was attempting to do. Mm-hmm. Um, more than it was more about the art than about finding a way of living with the art, which I think is is what you do. Is how can you have a life and be in the arts? Um, but the artist's way is a series of daily exercises that you come to and work through that reveal layers of your thoughts, your attitudes about. About the art and what may be standing in your way of creating the art that you want. And I'm hearing you say that your program is exercises that reveal what's standing in your way of having the satisfying life in your career that you seek. Mm-hmm. And that could mean, and I sort of put it into these different contexts. Sometimes that means you're looking to refocus your creative work in a new direction Sometimes you're looking to switch industries entirely and you're wanting something completely new. And sometimes, sometimes it, you do discover like, okay, no, I just want to go full speed ahead with this. And I just need to figure out how to support myself in a more sustainable way. So there's, wow, that's, yeah, there's so many answers and paths. And I think the important thing is figuring out what's right for you in this moment. So, so find your path is kind of your signature course. Yes, it is. Yes. It's a six month long group coaching program with all the, all the works. Oh, that's so wonderful. I wish I could take it. Um, You also um, have been exploring Clubhouse and you've created a discussion or a conversation on Clubhouse called Empower Creatives Club. Talk to me about Clubhouse, how you use it and why and what that's all about. Sure. So Clubhouse has, um, well, 
Clubhouse is a social media platform where it's all voice if you have not already been on the platform. I haven't. And yeah, so what I love about it is unlike Instagram, unlike Facebook, everybody there is live. There's really not a way to fake it. Now, a lot of people will hop on their phones, walk away from their phones and do something for a little while and come back. But there's no way to be in a room without, you sort of have to be there. Whereas like sending a chat or sending a text message, you could send it, it goes into the ether and maybe somebody sees it weeks later. Maybe not. (laughs) And so what I love about Clubhouse is it's sort of created this platform where you can have conversations. You can have live coaching calls. You can have sort of this more live experience while still being in your bedroom in your pajamas because nobody's going to know. Right. Right. So are you finding it productive for you? I am. I'm still navigating what's right for me. Like any social media platform, and this is my entrepreneur brain. My entrepreneur brain is still trying to figure out, okay, what's the best use of my time? What are the rooms I should be hosting? How can I help solve the most problems and help the most people? The uh, the other fun Victoria side of my brain is like, just keep having conversations with people. This is fun. Just keep meeting people. So there's always a balance there. But Right. And, and it's working for you on both levels. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I will say Which this is though. Great. I've made, I've made f- like friends and partners on that platform. I've never met them face to face and they live all over the world. And there is no way I think in real life that I ever would have met these people. That's wonderful. Sometime I'm going to have to jump on there with you and just kind of watch and see how it, because I'm I'm kind of a, well, I say that I am an alien on the planet technology. <laughs> <laughs> and and so so I would never be an early adopter sure. of anything, right? But I'd love to just sneak into one of your conversations and see what's that what that's about. So include me sometime, absolutely, and we'll do that. <laughs> okay. So so Victoria, you know, you and I could talk forever, mm-hmm. um, but we're getting close to the end of our time, and I wrap up every episode of Let's Get Vocal with Rena Cook. Uh, with a question about voice from one of my listeners. And since you are theater trained and voice trained, she took voice from me. (laughs) I did. So I am going to read the question and I'm going to let you have a first pass at the answer. Now, this is from Rosemary. She says, hi, Rena. I suffer from debilitating performance anxiety and presenting to potential clients is now part of my job. I'm afraid I'm going to need to find a new job. Whenever I have to make a presentation, I lie awake in agony as I rehearse it in my head at three o'clock in the morning. I got physically ill the other day and had to excuse myself from the meeting. Do you have any suggestions? What do you want to say to Rosemary? I think... I mean, there's so many pieces of advice I could land on, but at the end of the day, a lot of, a lot of performance anxiety comes from a place of imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. of that feeling of, I'm going to say something wrong. I'm not good enough for this. I'm not qualified for this. I'm not trained for this. And what I have found to be the best sort of mindset shift around that is to remember that it's not about you. It's about them. Mm -hmm. If you can 
turn yourself into a vessel, if you can take yourself and almost your wants and needs out of the equation and just ask yourself, how can I, how can I be a vessel and show up for this client or show up for this customer? What are they needing and how can I help them? How can I provide that for them? In some ways, I think that can sometimes take the pressure off of you. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful advice. And I would add to that, that if you prepare your body and your voice ahead of time and you connect with slow, deep breathing, you can get ahead of that chemical shift that happens when we're in the throes of performance anxiety. It's hard to put our focus on other people when we are obsessed with what's happening in our own bodies. Mm -hmm. So if we get ahead of that through slow, deep breathing and releasing habitual tension from the body and controlling negative mental messaging, if you can do those three things, And then you go into the situation that's causing you anxiety. And then, as you said, focus on them, on giving them what they need. If you can follow that whole path, you will be a much more effective presenter with much less trouble from the performance anxiety. Rosemary, thank you so much for your question today. And, and I want to thank Victoria for being with us today and having this really fabulous conversation. I hearken back to all the conversations we had while you were at OU and when we were traveling together in London, how easy it is to talk with someone with your kind of focus intellect, desire to help other people. You are just an exemplary coach, and I wish you all the success in the world. Mm. Thank you so much, Victoria. Thank you, Rena. And honestly, if, uh, from one student out to the rest of the world, if you if you need a voice coach who's going to have your back, Rena, you are definitely that person. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Let's Get Vocal with Rena. I want to remind you how important you are to this podcast. Send me your questions about voice, speech, presentation, confidence. You are part of this discussion. You can reach out to me through my website, myvocalauthority.com, or at renacook at cox.net. Lastly, Let's take joy and generosity with us today and every day. Each of us has a role to play in making this world better. We can do this by simply finding joy in simple acts of generosity. And remember, we are all public speakers whenever we use our voice in the presence of another human being. Breathe deeply, stand tall, speak your truth boldly, and the world will listen.